Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're thinking about launching your own course, I totally recommend Teachery, which is the platform I use for my Awaken Your Intuition course. And it is the easiest way to start earning money for your talents and your gifts. I love how simple it is. It's so uncomplicated. I'm not a tech person. So they have these flexible, fully customizable course templates that you just fill out your information. It's super clean. You can also brand it with your colors, your logo, and it is literally so easy and so fun too. You have a free 14-day trial to build your course. And my favorite part is you can demo it like you're a student and you can see what it looks like from the student's point of view. Also, it is super affordable. I shopped around a few different hosting platforms and Teachery by far has the best prices. You can pay monthly or yearly. If you want to know more info, go to the link in my show notes and sign up for the free 14-day trial. There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hi, lovies. Welcome back to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your psychic, Steffi. You might know me as Spirit Sis on the interwebs. Today is going to be a very fun episode. I am talking to my homegirl friend and confidant, Sita Young. You might remember her from another episode because she is the crystal cutie, is what I call her. (laughs) She runs Hippie QVC, and she is a retired tarot card reader. So this episode is more of a conversation you will hear two card readers talk about our personal experiences and the cards we love and the arcana and everything in between. This is obviously our own opinions and our own experiences. I love tarot. I use it daily. And you know that I love to pull a card if I need any clarification. So this is a fun little combo that I want to invite you in on. So just an FYI, we did record this during Mercury Retrograde a few months ago, and the audio quality is just a little bit poorer than my normal quality, but the content's really good and I wanted to get it out to you. So just wanted to let you know about that. And I hope you enjoy this conversation between two friends who just happen to be tarot readers. Hi, Sita. Hi, how are you, Stephanie? It's so, so nice to good. be here. I know, so good to see you. So we have a lot to say about tarot, don't we? Oh my God, it's 
Definitely. It's a vast subject. I know. I'm like, how can we even cover this in a short amount of time? It's sort of like when someone takes on like a TV show to do on a podcast, but it's a TV show that has like 10 seasons. <laughs> I know because we could talk about every single tarot card and it would take us till, you know, yeah. 2024. There was a lot of interest. I think people wanted to know about tarot. You know, a lot of my listeners and clients, they they have their own tarot cards or oracle decks and they've kind of exploring on their own and some of them have, you know, specific questions, but a lot of them just want to know about tarot. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you kind of your history with tarot. So my mother was a tarot card reader and some of my you know, earliest memories are her reading in our kitchen, which was sort of detached from the rest of the apartment. It was down like a long hallway. I lived in a brownstone in Greenwich Village and we occupied the top floor and the kitchen was separate. It was originally intended as like an upstairs kitchen back in the day Mm -hmm. when it was like a one family house. And so she would read in there and I remember being, you know, not permitted for several hours (laughs) into the kitchen while she read people from the house as so that that was sort of my first experience. And then my second experience came in my teen years, even though like as I was as a young person, I was certainly interested. Like once the craft came out, it was done for me. And that so came out same. when I was in like sixth grade. Same, same. And it was just game over. That film like really ignited something. It's so funny <laughs> you mentioned that because in my course, I actually bring up the craft and I use a clip from the craft in my intuition course. Um, yeah. You know, when they do light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh my God. That's and, like my by favorite. the way, we're talking about the original not the remake um which there's a remake okay, yeah we were like, showing our age it's pretty depressing Sita <laughs> and I were born in the 80s hey guys yeah. you know I've seen a lot of these tarot card polls being put on the internet you know a lot of people really resonate with tarot in general but how long did it take you to learn tarot it take, it's like an, you never stop learning exactly <laughs> because you're gonna turn around like especially if you join like a forum or a class that you know, where people really know what they're talking about. And you have a bunch of people in there that are, you know, not just trying to like pitch you their tarot services, but are actually like really in tune with it, because there are so many different interpretations. So if you're just talking about the Smith Rider Waite deck, which is the traditional deck that I highly recommend beginners using that you don't have to, but I would recommend it. There are so many theories out there. I actually stumbled across a Facebook group that had it draping over the feminine side, the left side of the column, and how that relates to secrets of the masculine having to do with the King of Cups. And I know I've lost everybody now, but don't worry about it. I'm just using it as an example. No, listen, how... Sita, everyone is lost. That's why they're asking about tarot. <laughs> I mean, when I was kind of exploring tarot, you know, I have I have the traditional deck and I love it. It's really confusing because there's so much stuff on the internet, like yeah. Queen of Cups is this. And like you said, King of Cups is that. And all yeah. of that, I think can really confuse someone. We'll start. So there's a great free resource online called Truly Teach Me Tarot. And she breaks it down very simply and very clearly. You just need to figure out like, wait, what am I even looking at? What is a major arcana? What is a minor arcana? What are core cards? If you're just like flying blind, mm-hmm. then get it, like literally get the children's book version, like just starting from scratch, like starting from basic, basic beginner. I, bl- I love that. I mean, I have several tarot books, but it's funny because when I was always pulling cards for myself back in the day, sometimes like reference Biddy. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, this doesn't feel right. But, um, you know, I think, I think that's the whole thing about tarot, right? Like, yeah, 
our own interpretations. We all have our own destiny when it comes to our learning and understanding of the decks. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. there's so much information out there. It can get very overwhelming. Do you but read reverse cards? I do. Do you know? Okay. I do. I do. I come from, you know, it's like old school, like 70s witch mom. So I, I read it? I read uprise, uh, upright and reversed cards. And- Same. I know that. So that's good. That's also good to know. What's your belief on the reverse card? I think at the beginning, you shouldn't start reading reverse cards unless, you, unless you're a really gung-ho study. What I've found basically is that people just get really overwhelmed. And so if you're easily overwhelmed, then just read all your cards upright. I do because I think body positions are really important. And that's just like a nuance and a facet that I've I'm really obsessed with when it comes to tarot. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think first I'm trying to remember my journey. It's been so long because I think I got my first tarot deck when I was 18. So um, I think at first I didn't read upright. I only read upright. So I think you're right. Um, I if also you're like learning. Re- just start upright because then you got to try to memorize. You know, because the point is hopefully not to just having to keep looking things up every time you do a spread also starting small like one card literally I, you only I couldn't need one agree card. with you more and I think the major like you said the major arcana starting there court cards things like mm-hmm. that are really important and even knowing the elements of the cards right pentacle yeah. wands mm-hmm. cups um well you need to boards. know too I mean oh my god there's so much to talk about here but I like know. when, when you say there. the elements you know if we are talking to any beginners here basically she's talking about earth, air, wire, water, and fire, obviously, um, the elements in our material world. But the the reason why the minor arcana is split up into those four suits is because it's based on the caste system that occupied the time in which the cards were being drawn. And so the wands are the churl class or the working class, and then the swords are the nobility, and the pentacles are the merchants, and the chalice or the cups or are the church. And this is a direct translation into our playing cards because we had the tarot cards first Mm -hmm. so swords become spades that's why spades always wins because it's the nobility the church the the cup became the heart the wands became the clubs and also by the way sword is a a direct translation of espada oh wow yeah so that's where you got spade from and then uh the pentacles became diamonds that was just a quick easy change that's between so cool. like coins and diamonds and no totally i actually went to a card reader that did that read read my like cards just with a regular card deck have you yeah yeah i've seen that too it's pretty sweet i like they use numbers and stuff it's pretty cool to watch them do that i i appreciate that skill yeah so everyone has their own method everyone does their own thing so sita i'm gonna ask you this because I have a belief. Do you think that your tarot deck should be gifted to you? So I was gifted my tarot deck by my mother and then I was gifted another deck by an aunt that passed away and her daughter mm-hmm. thought that I should have it because she they were both readers, obviously. Yeah, I, I've been gifted every single deck I've ever gotten. If you want to go Same. buy yourself a deck, go buy it. Like it's not the end of the world, but it is a nice tradition. Uh, I know. I guess I'm kind of like old school when it comes to that. I truly believe your tarot cards should be gifted as well. I also was told that I couldn't start reading for other people uh, until I pulled a card every 
every single day. And as a woman, I pulled the high priestess. The first time I could pull the high priestess was when I could read other people. <laughs> it's also a cool tradition. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's also worth mentioning too, the way that my mother and my aunt read are so different than the way that I read. Based on the, the world that they were raised in and their personal beliefs, we could not read more dissimilarly. I know. And I think that's the beautiful thing is everyone has their own intuitive power and everyone has their own interpretations. Of course, if you're looking at a traditional tarot deck and, and you're kind of looking and cross-referencing, there there are definitions for each card. But then you add your own intuitive flair and then you it's it's just an intuition tool basically to get to the root of the problem, right? Yeah. Or the root of what we're trying to convey in the messaging. So I just find it very fascinating. Like, and I mean, I always loved when you read cards, like, like how you're very psychology based and how you look at where the eyes are gazing and the body positions. I, I do it very intuitively, but I just love, I love that everyone has their own flair. Look, the, the whole thing is that it is a problem solving or a reflection mechanism. That's what we're trying to do here. You know, we're trying to show you objectively what these pictured cards are. We're trying to build a story based on the cards that we see in front of us that can help you relate to whatever is going on in your life circumstance. And sometimes it helps people physically seeing the cards to be like, oh, that's me. I'm that person in this cups card standing by myself alone in a dark mountain period. You know, it's like a mechanism of relating what's going on within your own psyche. You know, if you're moving forward from a sad situation, for example, or a lost mm -hmm. love or whatever is going on, you know, um, that card coming up in a reading can show people another great imagery is when swords come up and especially the late swords where you have the the nightmares going on and yeah. it feels like there are swords going through your head in bed or you're feeling very bound and like you can't move forward. These are just tools and pictures to show you and try to reflect to you. Is this happening in your life? Is this a feeling that it's, it's just like watching a movie or looking at a picture book? And then of course, there's a lot more nuance in it because it depends on like, is your reader a psychic? Because there are a lot of psychics that aren't tarot card readers and there are a lot of tarot card readers that aren't psychics you know someone could be a gifted tarot card reader and not and, and feel like they don't relate to giving divine messages and there are some tarot card readers that just use the cards as like a way to channel totally like i said it's like an intuitive tool i love that you said about telling the story because that's exactly how i feel when i'm when i'm reading cards i see the scene being played out and since i am a psychic the the cards sometimes don't tell as much as like me really tapping into the mm. intu intuition of what's going on with the person. But at the end of the day, I tell my clients too, um, when they're trying to pull cards for themselves, because <laughs> I, I mean, whenever I pull cards for myself, it's like nearly impossible sometimes to like separate <laughs> yourself from the subconscious beliefs. You know what I mean? But I used to always do, you know, like a, a Celtic cross, you know, layout, which we can talk about layouts. But yeah, I truly believe that it's the subconscious belief. So if a friend, when I was started to read tarot cards when I was 18, you know, I had uh -huh. friends coming up to me and they'd say, oh my gosh, how do I feel about this new guy I'm dating? And I'd pull all of these cards and I'd say, yeah, it's not going to work out. And they're like, really? Oh really? It's not? And they'd be so upset. And I was like, well, there's your answer. You're upset. It's not going to work out. So your subconscious belief is you really want to work it out with this person. Just because the cards say it's a no, maybe yeah. that's telling, that's informing you of like what your true feelings are so mm. the cards are saying one thing but truly it's bringing out what you believe is true that's interesting like because too i think sometimes people use tarot to evoke like if they, if they find the answer 
dissatisfying or they become defensive because of the answer, you know, even just reading themselves, then again, it's like our all arrows point back to you. Have you ever had an experience where you've pulled cards and it's been like just like so hilariously a no or so? Yeah, like- that happened literally the other day. I'm <laughs> pulling, pulling, pulling. No, no, death card. I mean, like, you know, all the all the things. Then then you're like, oh, just one more. Just one, <laughs> let just me one just, more. Let me just check. Let me just double check that uh, one more time. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's funny. It, it, it is interesting, isn't it? How gauging the reaction when a random card deck just reveals itself to you. Because if you're, I love to read like people who are just really clinical and scientific and, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I mean, I love people that just want a yes or no answer. And, you know, sometimes some cards can be a, a clear yes and a no, but it's it's a little more multifaceted than that, you know, yeah. just pulling it's one like, card for yes, yes or no. Yes, but, yes, and. It's like an improv <laughs> class. How do we? <laughs> yes, and what about your traumas? That's what the card is telling you. Is um, and there's no neg- really negative card, in my opinion. I mean, even no, if you're no, pulling it's the tower or the yeah. deck card, it's about you know, re- rebirth and or if the tower, it's like, oh, you're setting up a foundation and, and rebuilding your life in some way. Jean-Paul Sartre, favorite of mine, he, he has, you know, a very famous line where he says, the only way that we become who we are is by the radical deep-seated refusal of that which others have made us. Mm. And the tower card imbues so much of the edifice that you have built around the person you're supposing to be. And sure, sometimes it just means like, maybe this week's not a good time to climb up high on ladders because you're accident prone. But then there's there's deeper reading of the card and the deeper reading of the card is what what is that tower to you? Like what have you what have you built up that is no longer functional in the mechanism of your development as a person? With a major arcana too, and here's another tip, it's really important to know the card that comes before and after because yes. it, first of all, it works as a circle, not a line. You know, zero axes, the first and the end. That's the joker card. That's the only card that stayed from the major arcana, the fool in our the regular fool. playing deck. Right. But um zero is the is the beginning and the end. So mm-hmm. Because it acts in a cycle, knowing what came before and what came after is going to be really helpful too for understanding your what you're reading if you pull a major arcana card. Right. And once you get a little more advanced and you're reading three cards at a time, I, I rarely did 10 card spreads. Even when I was at the height of reading professionally and it was my main source of income and the only job I had, it was unless someone requested it, I always read three cards and one and a fourth card from a second deck as a clarification. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, sometimes you have an indicator card. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so funny. I normally just pull like three cards as well. I do you the- You really need more. Yeah, when I was doing the like 10 card spread for myself, I would do one fall and the spring equinox to kind of for every six month cycle to kind of see what was going on. But it was complicated. It complicates a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And it's funny, you were talking about the full card and I kind of relate it to astrology as well because I know there is a lot of parallels. But whenever I see someone has a critical degree, like a zero degrees, um, Mm. if their Venus is in zero degrees or something, maybe their um, sun is in zero degrees, they're on a cusp. I always say in the reading, I'm like, it reminds me of the fool card because Mm. you're really in this lifetime, you're jumping into a new experience. You're at Mm -hmm. a critical, critical degree. And then if I pull the world, you know, which is the last of the arcana, it's like, you think about that's a critical degree, it's at 29 degrees, and you're like, you're at the end of this cycle and you're mm-hmm. starting fresh. So I think that's really fascinating that's beautiful. knowing Arcana and um, how it relates to astrology as well. In terms to of the like mixing other decks with your 
traditional deck or whatever deck you're reading with, like, let's say you mix an Oracle deck with an angel deck with like a crystal deck, you know, let's say you want to get real kooky, crazy. I mean, I've seen all kinds of decks. There's an artist's deck. There's just the, the, the spectrum is out there. And let's say you're really drawn to one of them. It's still worth understanding the Smith Rider rate format. 100%. Or if you just want to read with Oracle decks and that's the only thing you want to do, and maybe there, you know, it doesn't in any way abide by the traditional format, then that's okay too. But then just know like you're reading Oracles, you know? Yeah. I think Oracle cards are such a good way of beginning reading for, for if you want to take paying clients. Cause how, in your opinion, I know it's like subjective. How long do you think you should be studying the original deck before you start asking people for money. See, this is tough because, okay, so one of the reasons why I stopped reading tarot cards for people and stopped, there were two reasons. One is because my business was way too busy, my crystal shop, and I didn't have time to give energy to both of the things. And the crystal shop was taking precedent uh, and it was more enjoyable. But the second reason was because I just started person after person having to say, I think you need to talk to somebody who on a, in a regular way, like you either need to find a coach or a therapist or a relationship like person to, to discuss this with, because what you're asking me about cannot be covered in an hour. I can give you insight into it. But ultimately, we're talking about most of the time, it was pretty deep childhood trauma. A lot of the times it was, you know, abusive relationship patterns that were rooted in childhood trauma. And and that is when I sort of had to say to myself, I want to be somebody that offers a, a solution for you to maybe navigate closer to a professional that can really help you in this regard. And I think that if you can't make that discernment as a tarot card reader, if you are not mature enough yet to, to recognize like, oh, this person has addiction or this person has severe, whatever it is, and navigate them to or funnel them where they need to go after they talk to you. If you can't make that discernment, you can't read and ask people for money because you're going to be, you're going to be confronted with a lot of people that probably need professional help too, especially in this day and age. And so if, if you are just going to say to them, oh, just keep coming back to me and keep buying my tarot services, I'll help you through the problem. You're not actually equipped for that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because there there's a lot that happens. At the end of the day, you know, you really have to work on yourself. And I do see a lot of people getting obsessed with tarot, obsessed mm -hmm. with astrology, diving in. And I think there's so many beautiful modalities into learning yourself, but learning about your psychology and your trauma isn't necessarily pulling a card, you know? Mm -hmm. or, it's true. Or, it can help. It, it can, can help totally you on the path. Help, but you have to have a base knowledge of where your trauma is coming from. Do mm -hmm. shadow work, really mm -hmm. work with, a, like you just said, a licensed therapist to understand it. Like me, I'm like, I love when people come to me when they have their shit figured out and they're looking for a fun experience and they're so open mm -hmm. that I'm able to really tap into what the cards are saying, what the story is saying. And then I'm able to also tap into their intuition and mm -hmm. help them because they are an open channel. If you yourself don't have enough invested understanding of your own psychology, the ways in which people uh, interact and navigate through sort of social discourse, dialogue, and it's just personal understanding. And, that, and so if you're really, really young, like, of course, there are these very wise young people that we are gifted with in this world. And then there are people that are just sort of figuring it out. I think you just want to ask yourself twice, like, is it responsible to charge people 
for a service that no one's going to regulate you. No one's going to come to your door and say, you can't read tarot anymore. You can't take a Venmo from this person. Mm -hmm. And there are a reason why there's a reason why, you know, people who deal with other people's mental health and personal lives and issues is a regulated field. And sometimes maybe there's too much regulation over there. And this is a very loaded conversation. Just take care, take care of yourself first and, and really truly ask yourself, like if the, the ways in which you're guiding somebody who's in a vulnerable psychological space is the best thing for you and the best thing for them. And hopefully you can make that discernment. That was really well said. Uh, very profound things that you have pulled up. And even if you're pulling cards for yourself and you don't have any intention of charging anybody, but you're pulling cards from yourself, there's no, like, you're not powerless if you pull a card that you feel like doesn't resonate or is in right. line with your path. Like You also don't have to listen to anybody. You don't have to yeah. listen. And I think that's why I, <laughs> it's really important to have, like, some grain of salt when it comes to this stuff. And I'm even talking about astrology, you know, if there's a bad mm-hmm. transit going on or, like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you have the power in your own life, like, to discern mm-hmm. where it's going to help or hurt you. And, you know, I, I know some of fr- friends even, like they'll pull a card for the new moon or full moon and they're like, oh, well, this is how it is and this is how it needs to be. It's like, you can maybe think of that as a parallel universe. Maybe they're saying, if you don't do this, this is how it will come out. Or maybe you're like, I don't align with that. Maybe that's, maybe I'm feeling a collective energy with mm-hmm. this with this card I'm pulling. Right. Everything is meant to just help you along help. the path. It's just a tool. Like it is just yeah. a tool, just like a pendulum, just like um tea leaves or cards, oracle decks. These are just beautiful. Crystals. (laughs) Crystals. Hell yeah. It's like, these are just tools that help you and don't hurt you. So I just see often people getting really obsessed, really caught up with the meanings, the the interpretations, this and that. And I think it's really beautiful to really learn and dive in and understand the psyche behind everything, but not really put so much pressure on themselves to like, because I pulled this card, this is going to happen. This is my foreboding now on yeah exactly so i i think too like there's no number it's not like 15 start reading 25 start reading but i do think that if you can understand basic psychoanalytic theory if you can understand some of the points that freud is making some of the points that carl jung is making and maybe some of the points that rogers is making then and you really understand them you sort of like they resonate with you they make sense you have clarity on them that's a good sign that you know you have maybe a higher capacity of intellect and you're able to maybe speak with people and you know too i think there are also a bunch of people that start reading and they just don't get any business or don't get any clients Mm -hmm. or they get a few clients and then it tapers off and then there's a good indicator that maybe it's not the right time for you to be reading i agree i so if people stop coming to you. <laughs> yeah, we're sounding kind of negative, but also we're giving hard truths. Hard I'm truth. I, I'm trying um, to just keep it real with you guys. Like the reason I cut myself off from reading was I was like I I'm not equipped to deal with what's coming at me right now. Like I don't have the professional skill set to deal with the, what people are asking of me and yeah. it's irresponsible for me to continue reading these people. But with that being said, you know, a really good friend comes up to me and they're like, "Hey, like I have a question, can you pull a card?" I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going to give you my opinion. I'll tell you what the card means." I can tell you what all of the cards mean. I can tell you what they mean in conjunction, but 
oh boy, can I not take away your pain? I agree. I do not. I no agree. one has that responsibility. My, my friend just asked me yesterday power. to pull some cards for her on this new dude. She's like, who's just sliding into her DMs. Like they haven't even, don't have a date planned or anything. And I just said, why do you want me to pull the cards? And like, she came to the, you know, realizations herself. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to pull cards, but I think you really, you should come to the tarot deck when it's a ritual, it's fun for you, when you're just kind of like really open-minded. I don't think going to the deck when you are in despair or turmoil is actually the most responsible thing. And I think that's something I would like to share with listeners. I don't think there's yeah. a right or wrong time, but I do think it, it does help you and you have a little more um, understanding of where you're at, I guess, emotionally. Like you're going to meet people from all walks of life when you read them. And sometimes people can and cannot absorb the information that you're giving them. And so you have to understand the nuance of what's sitting in front of you. And is this in their sphere of awareness or outside of it? And if it's outside of their realm of awareness, they're going to take what they're going to take from the situation, but they might not understand everything you're trying to tell them. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just not time for them to understand. But if you, again, like just knowing your deck too, because I've also come across, I've come across experiences where people don't know their deck and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's not what that means. You have to know your deck. You have to know um, what you're, you're talking looking about. At. No, totally. Or tell them, be like, look, I'm, I have a book next to me because I don't know my deck <laughs> completely. <laughs> and then, then you're, then there's transparency, there's open and honest honesty between you because again, the, the heart of it all is trying to find the truth of, of your reality and their reality. Mm. And, but you cannot dictate it. The only thing you can do is give them information and they have to sort out what is going to be true for them. Exactly. We're just kind of helping tell the story. And I think yeah. um, I could be wrong, but when did tarot start? Was it the 11th century? Like it's for kings and queens. Let's look at the Google machine. So it was around the troubadours, the 1400s, which is actually really interesting because the birth of romantic love came in, in around the 1400s as well. This is such a wonderful historical parallel. So like Tristan and Isolde was the first romantic love story ever written. Before that, all love was arranged by the family or by the church. Wow. And this was the first notion of romantic love coming into the psyche of human existence. Not that it didn't exist before, but Tristan and Isolde was the first story of people going against the church and the state and the monarchy and saying, we love each other. We want to marry one another. That's and cool. so this is the whole beginning of the troubadours. Okay, so that. 15th century. I was a little off. Yeah. But I remember reading that it was for entertainment only. Mm. It was literally just something like card happened. games and yes, yes, yes. So anyway, there's a lot happening. I mean, I think now in 2021, I do see a lot of stuff on Instagram. I, I see a lot of copy and pasted explanations, six of wands. Really do your homework <laughs> when you're choosing who you want your cards read by. And if you're just starting out and you're fascinated, I, I would suggest really starting with Oracle decks because it says, you know, they're very beautiful imagery on the decks and mm -hmm. they also have actual writing of what it means. Mm -hmm. So when you start, I guess, pulling your own cards or pulling cards for other people, the Oracle decks have a booklet that's really good, but you can also make your own interpretations from that. And really learning an Oracle deck card is a great, I think, way to start. Would you like, like training wheels? A little starter stone. Yeah. I think I, I like that idea. I like that because the pictures are really like clear. This angel's mad. This angel's happy, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> But if you're, you know, if you're a naturally like gifted uh, mind and you like reading, then you can get your 
get yourself a little book. And you can start reading through it and you can start taking notes. There are also, there are so many Facebook forums. I, I found like a gaggle of Facebook forums about tarot. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that are really interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are so many resources out there for you. And again, this is just our opinion. I am, <laughs> I have a whole history with tarot and the way that I sort of got brought into it. So just because- I know, we I'm, sound like two old witch hags. Like <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think, you know what? I think, I think we're realists. It's like, I'm not negative and I'm not positive. It's just more like, yeah, there's some really shit information out there because everyone has a camera and everyone has a phone. I know. Um, and what resonates with you can yeah. resonate differently with someone else when it comes to interpretation of tarot. And so I think you really have to just continue to practice on your own and then continue to cross-reference whatever website or book that you love. I believe in I, I believe in like the workist, studiest mentality. The deeper you get into a subject, it's just a metaphor for how deep you're trying to understand anything in this world, so yourself, your your state of mind, other people. So I think the mistake is to, to take it at a surface level and not dive deeper. I'll give my example of how tarot has helped me so much so it doesn't sound negative because oh, I actually, I have my cards sitting right next to me in my hand. <laughs> I, I love them. I use them daily. I talk to them. I sage them. I put crystals on them. You know, I, I really, I've had this deck for a long time. I was gifted mm-hmm. by my best friend, Caroline, back in the, when I was early 20s. But what I will say is I kept on pulling this um, queen of wands and I remember mm. feeling so she's a black cat. <laughs> she's yeah. a badass. And I pulled it so many times that I, I put it on my altar for about six months. Mm-hmm. And every time I looked at, you know, where my crystals sat in the altar, it reminded me to be my authentic self. The queen of wands felt really passionate for my create creativity. And then as well as being, you know, a psychic and it really blended the worlds together for me. So that was really a signpost of strength. And it yeah. was just every day I looked at her on my altar and eventually I know she's back in my deck now, but that was such a beautiful moment of my life to remember me, to remind me to be creative as well as in, intuitive. So that's how I think if you keep pulling a card and it's synchronicity and there's a pattern there, lean into that and see yeah. see if that resonates deeply in your life or see what kind of messages you can pull and how that can relate to your life now. Would you say that's like, if you had to pick a favorite card in the deck, does the queen of wands specifically just as do you a, have a really loving relationship? I mean, yeah, like she's my bitch. <laughs> she reminds me I I am that shit, right? <laughs> the Queen of Wands, yeah. I think, I mean, obviously as a cancer, like I always I always liked the moon card, even really? though it does represent like darkness, you know, sometimes or subconscious stuff going on. I love the star. I yeah, love that's a good the one. world. Yeah, I like, I don't know. There's so many. What's your favorite card? So in the- Major Arcana? Major, it's the Hermit. Mm, yeah, because I'm a nine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that card is so much a part of just like you know my. You're talking about your enneagram. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Nine. nine, nine in numerology. I'm a four oh. wing five in enneagram. Okay, so the nine in numerology represents the hermit, right? Yeah. Okay, I love and then, that. Yeah, so it's like all about my meditation journey, and mm. you know, meditation really saved my life. Everyone. <laughs> mm. I love it. I mean, it really did. It, it was a game changer. Once I really, once I learned how to meditate, uh, my life sort of was in my own hands instead of the hands of, you know, 
some really past painful experience. Then the, in the but in the minor arcana, I'm trying to think, you know who I like? It's, it's a weird one. Tell me. I really like the eight of wands. Interesting. Yeah. Eight is great. It's so swift. Eight is great. Eight is great. <laughs> and it's a bit, you know, it's a card with no people on it. It's just like flying, wa- flying it's, wood through that, the air. Whenever I pull that card, it reminds me to like <laughs> fucking go for it. Like dive into life. Like just go for it. Yeah. It's a bunch of wands flying it's, through the it's, air. It's, it's some flying wood. <laughs> like, you know little, what's funny? I, witch brooms. I, yeah, I pulled that card going into an eclipse, like for a collective message. It's actually like up on my Instagram. And I remember being like, just go for it. Like, feel yeah. the energy. But I like the Eight of Wands. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I have a close relationship with all the cards. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I yeah. think it's funny. But right now, I, in the past like year, the Queen of Wands has been my, you know, and then in the Major Arcana, I love I love the Moon card and I love the High Priestess, of course. I, that lobster gets me every time. <laughs> Did you know, fun fact, uh, like lobsters n- never die of anything but n- like external causes. They're, they don't, they're like technically immortal. They what? just die because like something eats them or they get crushed. Or we eat them. Yeah. Like well, that's kind of sad. They'll they, just, they live they, forever. They they're die. immortal. I've, I've seen, is it crabs or, or lobsters where you can actually just like pull off a claw and it regenerates? I'm sure. Like, I'm pretty sure they're wizards. <laughs> You've heard it here yeah. first. <laughs> oh my gosh. That every animal is eventually just becoming a crab because it's the perfect, uh, the perfectly designed crustacean. I'm a cancer, so I crab totally am down people, with that. Crab people. <laughs> Okay, beautiful. I appreciate you coming on and, and spitting some truth. Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, I know it's random, but... I just would hope that nobody sees tarot as something like horrifying. I don't think there's, you can go to the cards and like predict your death. I don't, I don't personally no, believe There's that. no, yeah, like the, the, this weird connotation that there's some sort of like devil worship, like negativity around it. I think that that's sort of bad press. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't really think that's based in in truth, especially something that, again, was traditionally made as a game. <laughs> mm, exactly. Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Ent- don't be scared. We'll call it entertainment. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Okay. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate you. And um, even though Sita is very knowledgeable in tarot, don't hit her up for readings. She has a very profitable and amazing, successful business that you sell all these beautiful high vibe crystals. So, and we have a whole nother podcast on that. So make sure to tune in and listen to Sita when she's talking all things crystals. But Sita, where can they find you? At Hippie QVC on IG. That's H I P P I E Q V C on Instagram and hippieqvc.com. And the QVC stands for Quest Vision Crystals because I'm not trying to get sued by the home shopping channel. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, everyone, eight of wands as quick as you can to go follow her on, on Instagram and go look at her site. She has beautiful high vibe crystals. Thank you thank so you much, s- Steffi. Oh my gosh, thank you. And listeners, yeah, go pull yourself a card, have some fun. I hope you enjoyed the tarot talk between two experienced card readers. It's really fascinating to get Sita's take on everything, especially coming from that long lineage of women who read cards before her. And we have very similar views. And you know, tarot is so funny in some ways. And I think the main thing I want to tell you is you're not cursed if a tarot card bends over. You're not cursed if you're pulling the devil or the death card. You're not cursed if, you know, or your relationship isn't cursed if you keep bringing up these same cards. 
but it is a really insightful tool to dive into your own psyche about your own feelings surrounding the topic. And, you know, it's funny just how many crazy, I guess, myths go around about tarot. Like, no one else is allowed to touch your deck. I believed that for the first 10 years I did tarot. And then I was realizing, well, okay, how can they pick their own cards and get their energetic body into the cards if they're not choosing and, you know, for themselves? So whatever you believe about tarot, believe it to be true, study and get excited about all of the amazing facets that tarot provide because I truly do believe it is such a phenomenal tool to tap into your own psyche, to your own subconscious, and to really help other people do the same. And I guess that is where I'll leave it at. Tarot is fun, and if there's ever a card that pops out of the deck, that flies out at you, that is begging to be seen, pay attention to that. That is something you definitely need to tap into. And I just want to also thank my beautiful guest, Sita, for coming on today. And I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. If you want to find me and connect, you can go to my website, which is spiritsis.com, or you can find me on the gram at spirit underscore sis. Until next time, love, keep searching within. Bye-bye.